Hello and welcome to Epiloggers, a book club for fiction and nerd-like reading where we crack open a beer as we crack open our books. I'm Jay, your self-proclaimed editor-in-chief and social media expert, and I'm here to just let you know that we do have an Instagram and Twitter page at EpiloggersPod. We try to post there about beers that we're drinking, books that we're reading, and when our new episodes come out. In this episode, Shay and I wrap up Bartimaeus and the Amulet of Samarkand. I would like to put out there that we ended up recording on a Friday instead of a Thursday, which resulted in some pre-podcasting beer. The end result is just a little bit more vivacious of a recording than we usually do, so we hope you enjoy. Stick around to the end to hear Shay's story about a goose and our announcement of the next book in our series, which will be Delirium by Lauren Oliver. Although our episodes are recorded a little in advance, we would still love for you to join in on the conversation. You can comment on a post on Instagram or Twitter or slide into our DMs if you'd like. We would love to include some of your opinions in future episodes. If you like us, please share us with your friends. We'd love to hear from them too. (laughs) But I think that's enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Someday the listeners will know how badly I hear and that we have to Skype <laughs> while we talk so that I can figure out what you're saying. And read my mouth. <laughs> uh, that's why the mouth or the why the mouthpiece can't be so close. The pop filter exactly. can't cover my mouth. <laughs> it literally cannot cover your mouth. Well, good evening, Shay. Good evening, Jay. This evening I'm mixing it up a little bit mm-hmm. and drinking a cider. Nice. Um, I guess it's not really mixing it up that much, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did say that that you enjoy ciders. But please tell me what you're drinking. It's a cider for the people. Oh, <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> that's just a tagline. <laughs> it's the citizen cider from the Dirty Mayor. Nope, I think I have it backwards. I bet you citizen cider is the brewery, and then the Dirty Mayor is the type. It's ginger infused. I can't believe you're consuming my people. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> we are. I'm, I've already cracked it. Sorry that you don't get that sweet, sweet can ASMR, but... I'll crack mine. Sorry, listeners. It's been an interesting night. <laughs> we and started already, off a little early. <laughs> we started early. <laughs> uh, nothing too crazy about this cider. It's just really good in, in that it has like perfect ginger flavor. On the side, it has like a dry and sweet scale, which is kind of interesting. And it's like right in Hmm. between, which I would agree with. Can I ask a dumb question? Sure. What constitutes a cider? Like, does it have to be apple cider? What is a cider? Like, I I only know like Angry Orchard, Reds. Those are all apple ciders. Are there other ciders? Um, I don't think I know the answer to that question. I'm going to assume that it's apples, but I don't see why you couldn't make... It out of other fruit, but I guess would that be a wine then? I don't know. I'm gonna say that like I have seen cherry cider. <gasps> yes, I have too. I'm in Michigan. No, I've seen cherry <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So that's a thing. Um, this one must be from Vermont. I don't have a place, but that's very different. I don't think I've had a. Never been. <laughs> Oh, shit. What are you drinking, you drunkie? <clears throat> I'm drinking Dragon's Milk from New Holland Brewery, which I've been waiting to drink because it's Dragon's Milk. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's a bourbon barrel aged stout. It's roasted. It's malty. It's smooth. Um, I have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I say no. <laughs> I say no. Actually, for a for a stout, it's very smooth. Um, it is eleven percent, which tonight is kicking my ass because mm-hmm. I'm twenty eight years old <laughs> and under a hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> under one hundred thirty. <laughs> Let me open it for the ASMR. Mm. Ooh. Oh, yes. You had that totally under control. <laughs> totally under control. What are you drinking to this week, Jay? Uh, I think I'm drinking to warm up mm. uh, along with everyone else in the Northeast and, and Central States of the United States of America. <laughs> Polar Vortex 2019. Hell yeah. So we didn't get any snow here, in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. We got about maybe an inch, maybe two. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but today, I think I saw the lowest was negative three actual atmospheric temperature. And the real feel wind chill was, I think, negative 25, which isn't too crazy. Okay. What was yours? So <laughs> here in Michigan, um, on Monday or Tuesday, I don't know. I haven't had to go anywhere for two days because they shut down my university. <laughs> so I basically haven't gone outside. Um <laughs> I don't have to go to work when the university is shut down. I could, but I don't have to, so I didn't. Right. Um, On Monday, it snowed about six inches throughout the day, which was a lot of snow, and it's very dry snow in Michigan, so it's very slippery on the roads and, like, pretty much makes for dangerous conditions. But um, temperature-wise, yesterday it was negative 15, and with wind chill, whatever, it was negative 38. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fuck Michigan. (laughs) Uh, Michigan. I still went to the gym, though. And let me tell you, it doesn't feel that cold if you're out for, like, less than five minutes and you're prepared. Yeah. I was – we were checking out – that was you and I this morning that was checking out that that wind chill calculator. Yesterday morning. So if I went outside in a T-shirt and it was negative 15 degrees with – five mile an hour winds or lower it would still take 28 minutes for me to get frostbite right so walking to the gym for three minutes is really not a big deal it didn't kill you (laughs) it didn't kill me and i still have all my fingers toes and other extremities (laughs) that's what i was trying to explain um to a lot of people that were like bitching and moaning about how cold it is oh my god people are losing their goddamn minds and in this area, they should not be. It is truly not that cold here. When the sun is out, it feels fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have to put my hands in my pockets, but that's about it. <laughs> if you're not standing outside doing nothing, it's not bad. No. No. Not up, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Grow a set. <laughs> oh, and I was like trying to explain to them that... You know, wind chill and the real feel that some of those weather apps give you are only calculated based on like an algorithm Mm -hmm. for exposed skin, um, what the sun is doing at the precise moment, how fast the wind's going at that precise moment. You know, it's not like I'm going to step outside and it's going to feel like negative 35. If the sun is behind the clouds, the winds are 25 miles an hour and I'm Mm -hmm. naked. It's going to feel like negative 35. Right. And who hasn't (laughs) been outside in the cold naked? Right. I I just don't understand. That's obviously how they come up with those those real feels. (laughs) They go outside and test it naked. (laughs) 
<laughs> hmm. Well, enough about the weather. Enough about it's the been, weather. God damn it. It's roll. been nice to have two whole days off since we both work at universities. I've had the past two days to be able to read and powerhouse yeah. through this book. <laughs> yeah, I have also read this book. Like I said uh, a couple days ago when you texted me about it, I consumed about uh, 200 or more pages a day. Mm-hmm. I could have just read this in one day, but I also had articles that I had to read. So, boo, schoolwork, boo. <laughs> reading every second of my life (laughs) (laughs) well when i was doing research for other book podcasts sure what one thing that like really it wasn't something that i enjoyed and it just kind of really got underneath my skin i can tell yeah (laughs) because you always do the same expression and you go like this (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't like it's not necessarily annoying it's just not what i want to listen to Mm -hmm. so all but one, I think I found the book podcasts literally go like Potterless okay. almost chapter by chapter. And sure. I'm not going to name out any other ones because Potterless has a specific goal. And like mm-hmm. that is the purpose of that podcast. Right. But like everyone else who's doing book reviews or book clubs, sure. they are literally breaking down the book chapter by chapter and talking about it. And that's mm-hmm. not like. I don't need you to retell me the story. I right. just read it. <laughs> well, right. That's not what either of us wants out of this. We really just want to have a good time talking about the experience that we had while reading. Right. So I don't think, like, th- if that's what you're looking for, don't stop here. Stop. <laughs> no, no. Do stop here. <laughs> do stop here. <laughs> it. Uh, we're not going to go through the book like that. So if you, like, we're working, we're talking under the guise that you have read and understood about this plot and that you're ready for some spoilers because, right. like, it, I'm not going to break down this book for you like that. No, I'm sorry. definitely not. And, <laughs> and, you know, like, if you are not reading the book beforehand, we're reading pretty popular books. If you've ever read the Bartimaeus trilogy or you've ever read the Maze Runner, we're just talking about overall themes. You can listen to one of these episodes and find stuff that you remember because we're not dissecting it chapter for chapter. We're hitting the main key points, yeah. points and themes, I would say. Yeah, that hopefully everyone would be thinking about because they are amazing topics and we only talk about the best things. Obviously. If you want us to read to you, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) You can fuck right off. (laughs) I'm not about that. I was going to say, however, I will be reading certain excerpts from this book because they are just too good to let go. (laughs) Excerpts are fine. Gold. Entire chapters are not. (laughs) Noted. Holy shit, this cider is making me so burpy. (laughs) Well, this dragon's milk is making me drunk. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You didn't tell me any of the good things that you're drinking to this week. Well, honestly, I don't know. I feel like the snow was our positive and our negative for this week. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking cold snow. as hell and neither of us like cold, but we got Ooh, to sleep in a little cold. bit and read. <laughs> I actually, I love winter. I don't know what it is about winter because I don't do anything outside. But I love the feeling of coldness on me as I walk somewhere. I've had to cross campus like two times in the last week to get my class stuff mm-hmm. in order. There's like your normal paperwork bullshit. And I don't know what it is about being bundled and feeling warm as I cross the tundra that is Michigan. But I love winter. I love seeing snow outside. And I love, I can't remember what the... F- what the word is, it's it has a word that sounds like cocoon, and it like basically means cocoon. I could look it up now. I should because it's probably a pretty word. 
It means loving to be inside while outside is awful. (laughs) It actually applies to thunderstorms. There we go. Chrysalism. And a chrysalis is another word for a cocoon that a caterpillar makes before becoming a butterfly the description is the amniotic tranquility of being indoors during a thunderstorm i don't know if there's an equivalent for loving snow but nothing makes me happier than being warm curled up inside with a blanket and maybe some tea and a book while it's snowing outside (laughs) whatever that feeling is whatever that word is please tell me because i would love to repeat it to other people that's what i love most (laughs) Oh, so I've been quite happy with the cold. Well, that's good. Unhappy with everything else, but that's yeah. I don't mind being inside. Mm-mm. If you have stuff to read, if you're a reader, then being inside means nothing, right? Like, and I feel like this is a good segue that being a magician basically means torturing yourself with books, and I could do that. Like, <laughs> part of being a scientist for me is the ability. To read articles and just sit inside and immerse yourself in the literature of a topic that you are studying without being outside and without moving for hours on end. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I like to move. I like to be at the gym and I like to be outside and stuff. But I have a patience for sitting inside and just like diving into reading for an entire day. No, yeah. This morning I read for like four hours because... My alarm went off at normal time, Yeah, got the text that the university was closed, so I didn't go back to sleep, and I just read. And probably nice. my favorite thing in the whole world is just laying in bed mm-hmm. and not getting out. Perfect. <laughs> it is just pure perfection. <laughs> Being awake, experiencing the warmth cocoon that you've built yourself throughout a n- mm-hmm. nine hours of sleeping. Right. And going to revel in that cocoon for a couple more hours. Nothing is more perfect than the state of your bed minutes before you have to get out of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So perfect. <laughs> so warm. So peaceful. Ah. Let's talk about this fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, we should probably continue moving. We should probably start talking about something <laughs> relating to books. Well, one thing I do want to continue trying to get us can, to get us really comfortable with is the two minute thesis on this oh, book no. and to try to try to run through the summary of the entire book. You are so bad at this, I'm but so we are practicing and we are getting better. Okay. Since we are not walking through the book, we're going to give a two minute summary. Okay. And your clock starts now. Oh God. Okay. Wait. I need. I hang on. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Two minutes. This book is about a young boy stepping into his life as a magician and the shenanigans that ensue with his first real summoning of a real jinn. Barty. Barty, who is the best. The fucking best. Was that good? Um, I know that was was like not two minutes. No, I'll, I'll keep going for you. So then we meet Barty. Barty's amazing. He's witty and sarcastic and amazing. From what we learn, Barty is like a 5,000-year-old jinn who's like on the medium spectrum, somewhere in the middle of like power levels. He can change <laughs> forms, which is crazy, and I love it so much. Um, Nathaniel, the little twat, <laughs> <laughs> sends him to go get there goes an that amulet. E. 
Capital E on this one. Capital E. Um, sends Barty on a mission to get revenge on a Mr. Simon Lovelace. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what kind of get the gets the plot kick-started. Yeah. The meat of the book is the shenanigans ensuing from the amulet being stolen. Right. In the app or the Underwood home, Lovelace coming to get it, mm-hmm. and then Barty getting imprisoned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the shit that ensues. <laughs> Pure pandemonium. Um I think then the ultimate conclusion of the book is Barty. And what does they call him? He calls him Nat, I think, doesn't he? Yeah, he says Nat he all calls the time. Him Nat. And I can Oh my god, did you hear my phone? Give me a reminder. No. <laughs> it was right next to the microphone. It was just Navi. Hey, listen. It was the nerdiest thing ever and it didn't get caught. <laughs> After Barty and Nat get reunited, they go and get final revenge on Simon. At his house. No, at his girlfriend's house. Yeah. And Simon is actually up to no good. A big boss battle occurs. Mm-hmm. And everyone wins. And Nathaniel is very happy. And then Barty gets to go home. I feel like it was a very, like, wholesome story. Yeah. I want to read the next two so bad. Have you not Have you not read them? Oh, I have. I just want to oh. reread them. You're just ready for the for oh, just I'm, give it to me. I'm just ready for like the rest of the series. They're at home though, so they're they're far away, and I can't have them. I can't go home this weekend, so oh, I can't have them. But I want them so bad. So I'm not quite sure. Like I was telling you before, mm-hmm. like you told me that Barty is in the next books, yeah. but I just don't know where we're gonna go from here. I guess it's just gonna mm-hmm. be Nathaniel continuing to grow up. Yep. I did see. I was searching. Bartimaeus on Pinterest, Mm -hmm. like I always do. Like you do. (laughs) Like I do. Looking for, I don't know, like fanfics or Tumblr posts. Sure. Oh, by the way, side note, the fanfiction is off the wall. I would recommend (laughs) not looking for it until you've read all three books because it does include characters from uh farther into the series ah for okay. obvious reasons i think at i'll least. hold off but um <laughs> wow wow is there a lot of fan fiction on this series <laughs> you'd be surprised everyone loves writing fanfics <laughs> they really do and i just feel like the shape-shifting ability just like lends to more weirdness just, than the yep, internet just wants. lets it go just Rule lets 34. it go if it exists there's porn about it <laughs> <laughs> is it rule 32 or rule 34 i don't know it doesn't matter there's lots of porn about it <laughs> i'm excited get hype <laughs> um but as i was perusing the pinterest i came across um a little fan art of nathaniel at 12 nathaniel at probably like 16 and then nathaniel at like 25 i would say so i'm gonna guess that he's gonna grow older in between each of these books then we're gonna get him at like you know coming of age starting to get his first girlfriend in the next book and then wifing her up in the third one (laughs) uh no (laughs) there's no wifing up in this series which is nice uh, well, that's good. It's not all about the romance. I, I literally can't tell you anything without spoiling the ending of this book, mm-hmm. the ending of this series, but you will never guess where Nathaniel goes. That's I, all I, I can have tell no you. idea. That's all I can I honestly, tell you. I mean, I'm going to guess a couple things because I feel like I have a couple unresolved things from the book that I would hope that are in the next okay. one. 
and specifically the girl who sure. attacks Barty, right? Sure. I have a feeling she's going to end up being a main character in the next one. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that. Um, And then those the newspaper kids. I mean, they're all them? the same. Okay. So it's all the same posse. The resistance. They're the resistance. Um, I'm going to guess that they're going to go to Egypt. Is that like what we're talking about? That they're going to go to a different location? They do not go to a different location. Most of this takes oh. place through the course of London. Okay. And can I just tell you, for a – would you call this a young adult novel? I don't know. I mean, I guess because the – oh, because the main character is young, okay. I would guess that it's probably supposed to be young adult and it doesn't okay. swear. Fair enough. Can I just tell you and just like spoil a little bit for you? There are no love triangles. Wow. There are no annoying relationships in no wonder any you love of this book novels. so much. <laughs> <laughs> there are that's really no, surprising i know there are no relationships to like bog down the content of this series <laughs> Ooh, shots fired shots fired twilight looking at you <laughs> <laughs> literally any other young adult novel <laughs> like literally any other young adult novel it boggles my mind this has not become a movie of some kind because i feel like the themes are great the lack of relationship is great. I feel like in this era that we're in, where we are considering strong, independent females who don't need no man, mm -hmm. this is a perfect young adult movie where there there really aren't any relationships. There are, like, advantageous relationships, but there are no, like, which man will I choose before the world ends kind of relationships. Yeah. No, I feel And you. that is so rare to find. Mm -hmm. Plus, the CGI would be expensive, but amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with that final boss battle. Like, holy Ugh. shit, how would you even Ooh. do that? I don't know, but it would be phenomenal. Peter Jackson, please don't change anything. Like, I have some issue with what you did to Lord of the Rings, but please pick <laughs> this up and make the CGI a thing. <laughs> please. Well, speaking of which, do you want to go ahead and move into thoughts on what we what i liked about the final world and what you are happy that i found <laughs> yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah go <laughs> uh, well so we were talking about this a little bit before but mm -hmm. i want a, a concrete answer okay <laughs> i'll try to give it to you magicians magicians all of their power mm -hmm. comes from the jinn from the demons slash spirits slash other place um, yep my sure. apologies the broader categories mm-hmm mm-hmm why are they held in such higher regard, number one? Mm -hmm. Number two, how can they just randomly cast things if they don't have something summoned? Okay, okay. So Because, like, enough. basically the entire second half of the book, Nathaniel has no power because he has right. no means to – He has no jinn nearby. Well, yeah, and he has no means to contact or summon mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Lay it on me. So there is the ability of – people or human beings to cast some magic there is a very low level of spell that is usable without a spirit nearby or without the power of a spirit mm -hmm. while most of the power and i like by power i mean raw power and the ability to control the commoners comes from their ability to control spirits and use them in a way that is domineering However, there is some natural ability to produce magic by even common folk. Um, I can't remember what this kid's name is. He's obviously he's got a bigger role in the later books, 
But there is the ability of some common folk to tap into that magical source. The two boys that bother Nathaniel at some point, the newspaper boys, the newspaper boys, right. Um, obviously, one of them has the ability to notice that Nathaniel has something magical on his person. Without spoiling too much, this kid can see auras. He has the natural ability to see magical objects, and that is something that is inherent to him. He was born with it. Some magic exists within people. Ah, all right. Well, that definitely explains some, because that was confusing, and Nathaniel was very confused about that as well. Right, and I think, you know, for him, and especially for Nathaniel, he has such a high feeling, he has such a high opinion of magicians, it is impossible for him to consider that a commoner could be more than just ordinary. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's just a huge plot device. Not device, but it's definitely just a huge world aspect in that this is like, you know, racism, classism as, mm-hmm. at its finest. Classism, absolutely. The the magicians hype themselves up so much that they can't even possibly think what the commoners would do without them, which is, you know, and then we see that little town and Barty's just like, oh, they're just, you know, going on with their lives. Right. You know, there's no magician. They're doing just fine. They're and Nathaniel's just, just like, oh, no, they're going to they're going to get eaten. Aren't they worried <laughs> about magical attacks? <laughs> Aren't all the magical attacks because stupid magicians don't know how to contain what they're summoning? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. No, Nathaniel's definitely so naive. But I think that plays a really good part in the book because we get like the Ginny sarcasm with Nathaniel's fucking terrible, naive personality. Absolutely. And he really, you know, he's young and he's been brought up in that side. You know, like he is a magician He was six years old when he was taken into that side, so he doesn't get to see the life of a commoner. And we've seen little glimpses about how the commoners feel about magicians, but it's Mm -hmm. a very tyrannical rule. Yeah. There is no difference between commoners and magicians other than the fact that magicians have enough power to separate commoners from knowledge. They don't let them read magical texts. They don't let them see magical things. They just, like, rule them by way of fear. Yeah. Which I, mean, I really like this dystopia. I, think I know. I think it's really interesting. That's why this fits into dystopia, because it is An a typical... reality. Right, it is a typical yeah. dystopian universe where one group of people, by way of only some... <laughs> shitty attribute which in this case is power are able to egotisticalness rule, <laughs> right e- egotisticalness are able to rule over a another group of people and yeah. if you were to continue this series which of course i want to do now because i've read the first one and my natural instinct is to just keep going finish it <laughs> finish it uh there's so much more to commoners and to their discontent with the government and obviously that's going to be a huge plot point that the resistance is going to be a big deal and a big thorn in the side of the government which is now nathaniel's problem because his new boss is like the chief of police uh yeah i thought that was a crazy interesting twist how is Mm -hmm. he gonna hide barty from this jessica bitch (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) oh shit that's gonna be funny so Uh. does 
you I don't know if I want you to spoil it or not, but I am curious as to if Nathaniel's going to get enlightened, we'll call it, and possibly join or help the resistance. I literally can't give you any information on that because it would like right now he's on the precipice of being an interesting character. He Mm -hmm. is super annoying. He is super elitist. Yep. And he but like at the same time, he holds a little bit of integrity, which Barnabas like literally concludes the book with telling him you have a conscience. Hang on to that. Right. So. I can't spoil you with which way he goes, but he could go either way. Mm. Mm. Either he will accept the little piece of him that is human, or he will embrace the part of him that is pure magician. Ooh. And I can't spoil it. Yep. You're leaving me on a cliffhanger. I know. Holy you, holy. You're like going to have to read. <laughs> I'm just really just trying to push you into reading this series. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much spare time and all. <laughs> I know. Same. <laughs> uh, no, but I feel like this book was a good, wholesome story in that mm-hmm. there was no cliffhanger in the book, even though you're giving me one. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You could definitely end this story. Like, you don't have to read the rest, which I like. And I do. Mm-hmm. I don't like when authors force you to read the rest of their books because each story should be able to stand alone. If I want to pick up them in the middle, if I want to read book two instead of book one first, you should let me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you very like you very well could just pick up the second book. I believe it even recaps like your traditional Harry Potter (laughs) book that recaps (laughs) up until like what the fifth or sixth book. I think the fifth. Yeah, I think the fourth recaps. Harry Potter is a young boy who's learned he's a he's always going to say a magician who's learned he's a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, but I guess we should probably stop calling him Nathaniel. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I literally told this to you. So as we were gathering our thoughts and deciding what would make it into this episode and what would not, I told you to have no reaction to my <laughs> sentence. He picks John Mandrake. And can I read to you the next two words that I put in my notes? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lord Almighty. Lord Almighty. You have an entire book of names and you pick John. John. SMH. Honestly, I can I was able to very much relate to his just annoyance no. with that whole situation. No, listen, <laughs> listen. I <laughs> You listen to me, bitch. <laughs> Do you remember? How do you pick John? Listen. <laughs> do you remember those Tuesday nights when no. you would have to sit at the kitchen table with your father and do your math homework? No, my parents never helped me with my homework. <laughs> okay, well, let me explain to you the situation in the J household. <laughs> father would sit us down at the kitchen table and like force us to do it his way or no way. Okay. By the end of it, even though I knew that's not the way that the professor, I'm sorry, that the teacher wanted me to do it, I did it his way. Because it was was easier. And I was tired of arguing with him. So, (laughs) keep going. Nathaniel gives up trying to retort with Arthur 
Okay. And just accepts what Arthur is giving him. I wanted him to have have that fancy whatever Goldrin name. or I can't remember what it was. I'm thinking Goldrin, but I think I, that's something else. That's not it. It's Gladstone. Gladstone. Thank I you. I mean, lit, uh, pause. That was a pretty... That was a pretty high name to go for. That'd be like <laughs> you being like, I'm going to pick a new name and I'm going to pick Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> My name's going to be Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. No, I definitely I get that. I definitely get that. Okay. Okay. But like, I, I agree. John is absolutely terrible, but they all seem to have pretty normal names. Arthur, Simon. I can't remember any of the other ones. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And honestly, I can't hear. So, like, this is just an aside. His name is Arthur Underwood. And every time I hear that, I read Underhill because that is the pseudonym that Bill, or not Bill, oh, Jesus Christ. That is the pseudonym that Frodo Baggins chooses uh-huh. at random is Underhill. And that just. Every single time. Every single time I read it, I'm like, <laughs> Underwood, Underhill. <laughs> Do they all pick, like, herbal or, like, magical item things? Right. What's and underwood, actually, though? Is that, mandrakes, is that a type of plant? Mandrakes are a pretty common, and I don't know if they exist as, like, a normal <laughs> human herb, but mandrakes exist in the Harry Potter universe and a couple other, I would say, folklore universes that I'm aware of. Yeah. Where it is, like, a plant that resembles a human and has magical abilities thereof. Yeah. Said abilities yeah. determine or are dependent on the universe in which the mandrake is found. But like his name is like basic man name human. <sighs> yeah, I mean it couldn't it couldn't get any more vanilla. No. And as someone who has had to choose names multiple times as like either a gender identity or like just for fun jesus christ you could have spent like a couple more seconds <laughs> a hot extra second on a it. hot extra second like this is your name for the rest of your life you could have pushed him a little more like had this been math homework for like an evening sure pick john mandrake but this is what people are gonna address you as for the, for rest, the rest of your, of life. your life john yep he made poor decisions there definitely john and it doesn't even roll off the tongue like no. Simon Lovelace does. I mean, like, Simon John Lovelace. Mandrake. Like, Lovelace is fancy, and Simon is, like, a more interesting male name, I would say. Yep. Of, like, John, Dan, I don't know. Chad, Brad. <laughs> Chad, I ran out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crushed uh. by the name John Mandrake. Like, his his actual name is Nathaniel. Yeah. It's so much longer and cooler than John. John has to be the most boring name that this universe has created. Ouch. Jesus. Throwing major shade. I have an shade. uncle named John. <laughs> I'm sure everyone and their mother knows someone named John. Named John? Like, what is, like, the typical, if you, so, like, if someone dies and you don't know who they are, know who they are, they're Jane Doe or they're John Doe. Right. He should, might as well have just picked John Doe. John Doe. Come on. Dumbass. Honestly. Okay. Speaking of Nathaniel, so we've like we shit on him a little bit, and I would like to shit on him some more. <laughs> Just keep it going. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Um, wow, 
boy does he have a crush on his art teacher and can we talk about that <laughs> how he gets fucking spanked in front of her oh god i can't imagine so like as a 12 year old i can't imagine the humility of being spanked at 12 or he's 10 maybe at the time i don't know it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter no but like he's above the age that should be spanked holy shit does he love his art te- his art teacher <laughs> You good over there? <laughs> no, I'm slurring. <laughs> yeah, he really likes her. And I do she feel really bad that her. she got fired. And she, I, know. I think she liked him, but. Yeah, she's you a know, normal teacher. Like, she was just a commoner. She's just a commoner. Speaking of relationships. Yes. Awkward ones. Oh. Maybe inappropriate ones. Oh. Tell me about this female pigeon. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) This is because I told you I thought it was so funny. (laughs) I have to find page 151. I almost opened to it, which is incredible. I don't know why I thought this is so funny. No, it was extremely funny. I just, I love that he like, like backhands him, elbows the bird away. <laughs> I know, this poor bird. I just think it's so funny. Like there's, the entire style of this book is so situationally hilarious. And this is just like one of the best parts. Again, I don't know why this isn't a movie because I would pay an arm and a leg to watch this enacted in front of me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you know that the pigeon scene probably wouldn't make the cut. It would be left on the drawing room floor. You're absolutely right. The pigeon wouldn't make it. But basically, (laughs) I'm trying to find it because I honestly can't see the page. Oh, my God. You're ridiculous. If I remember correctly, he's sitting on... Not a fence, but like on the corner of a building trying to watch for Simon Lovelace to, to come out of his house. Okay, yeah. And he's sitting as a pigeon. Yeah. And this pigeon just starts making eyes at him. This pigeon's making eyes. I found it. Yep. At that moment, a purring coo sounded directly in my ear. (laughs) I half turned my head and looked directly into the beak of that benighted she pigeon. With (laughs) devious feminine cunning, she'd seize the opportunity to snuggle right up close. My response was eloquent and brief. She got a wingtip in the eye and a kick in the plumage. And with that, I was airborne following the imp. (laughs) This poor bird just wants to get laid. And he fucking punches her straight in the gut. Can I just say, of all the weird jobs that I have had, another aside. I also worked at a wildlife hospital for a summer and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Except that I once tried to restrain a goose. I know this story. (laughs) A male Canadian goose. So quite large. And there were three of us trying to restrain him. And in times of crisis, I always find that I go in harder than I should. (laughs) (laughs) This goose is struggling and we need him to stop moving so that we can treat him. So I jumped in to hold him and he just like took his entire wing and was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> backhanded and you practically karate chopped me with like the elbow of what would Ugh. be his wing right across the bridge of my nose and it hurt so bad <laughs> like 
seeing stars is a real thing. And in that moment, I knew it was a real thing. I got a bloody nose. He bruised like both of my eyes. It was such an injury. That's all I can think of when I <laughs> when I read this scene. <laughs> this, poor, this poor pigeon <laughs> trying to make a move. Wait, didn't you end up punching that goose? <laughs> I swear you told me that you like fucking laid into that goose. (laughs) I can't say. (laughs) There's beer everywhere. (laughs) I didn't punch. (laughs) Oh wait, so you didn't punch it? Jesus. And on that note, I think I'm ready for another beer. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, so I picked a beer that has a little seagull on it to make, Are you to make it seem like... Are you switching alcohol right now? No, I'm not switching alcohol. I got a different beer, but on the picture... That's listen, switching alcohol. No. It's still beer. Fair. Look at that cute little seagull. <laughs> Adorable seagull. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What is that? It's the rest of the can. Okay. So this one has a really cool design. I guess I'll post it on Insta. It's called Prophets and Nomads. <laughs> it's a goes uh, ale with Himalayan salt and coriander. Oh, again. Didn't I just have that last time? Yeah. <laughs> I somehow got two beers with the exact same ingredients, but two different breweries. <laughs> but you do like sour beers, so... It's kind of bound to happen. There's only it's gonna sour happen. flavors that go together. Um, whatever the one was before, I think I liked it more than this one. Sorry, no shade. <laughs> I don't remember what you had. I remember that I had a salty dog and was disappointed. Or did you have a salty dog and you were disappointed? I don't remember. It was definitely salt and coriander. And then I think it was called Westbrook, I think. I don't know. Well, let's wrap up this book so that you can sober up and go to bed. <laughs> I'm never going to sober up and go to bed. Never. Oh, my goodness. Rebellion. So towards the end of this book, there were a couple. What? I want to talk about this book in its entirety. I don't want to cut it short. No, we won't cut it short. I just want, you know, like we should just we need to get going. Keep moving on. Okay. 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 Uh, I did feel like there were a couple slow parts that I felt like I was starting to skip some chapters. Blasphemy. I know. I'm really sorry. You are impatient. I am very impatient. And I wanted to just like get to the climax. The rest <laughs> of this book. Okay. Everyone has been telling Nathaniel that he is too impatient and you should take notice. Oh, shit. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly just be in between like Barty breaking free and then, you know, the Underwoods dying and then the time that Nathaniel and Barty are spending in the library, the condemned library. It's just, you know, a little a little slow. And then the whole traveling to the, the house party and then, you know, getting into the house party and then walking <laughs> walking around the house party. The house party is <laughs> great. Just, you know, it was just a little, little long. A little okay. bit. It took a but, little bit for them to figure out how they were going to get into the party and like... But that was most definitely because Nathaniel is 12 <laughs> and had no idea what he was doing. Fair enough. <laughs> so I completely understand. Fair enough. But the, that final boss battle made up for it all. Do you want to go ahead and and just like... 
orgasm all over that final boss. Yes. Could you see my face? Is that why you said yes. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the imagery of the final boss battle is like some of the best book reading that I've ever had. Yeah. To summarize it, basically this amazing demon spirit thing, like it's just this gargantuan character slowly comes out of a portal actually out of thin air yeah, to be a rift between the planes and he just like yes and he just like slowly slowly starts ripping apart the planes the, that we live on so mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. bardi describes to us that there's seven planes mm -hmm. we get a little bit of information about those boots that are on the um eighth plane but for the most part, mm -hmm. there's we only know that there's seven. Right. And so that this dude right. is coming through all seven. And he's like fucking shit up. Plus maybe an eighth. And he disrupts all the elements around him. And like at some point, Bartimus says this may be the first time he's summoned. Because he's so powerful that no one has bothered or dared to do this before. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like because he's materializing so slowly, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like he's used to what he's doing. Right. And like on the first, I think, four planes, he is just like a shape. Like he disrupts the air around him so much that even humans can see his presence because he is he or she, I should say, because we don't actually know, I think. No. Um, he's disrupting the actual planes and like elements themselves and magic which is based upon the elements has been disrupted uh i kind of pictured him like the steam coming off of something just like rippling mm -hmm. i pictured him or her like glass like like shower glass that has like a texture to yeah, it yeah like you could see that the image of what you were looking through had been shifted downward or upward just a little bit so that yep. it didn't correspond with what you knew you should see but corresponded instead with where the outline of this creature would be how about kind of like our bathroom window on <sighs> 10th street <laughs> Not to are bring up gonna, too many bad memories. Are we going to diverge <laughs> into the story where I No, we're just going to let our listeners on on a cliffhanger on that. But just know oh. that our bathroom window may or may not have, you know, shaded things. Our across the street neighbors may have seen uh -huh. a little more of us than they thought they might. We may or, <laughs> or may that not we ever have thought tested. they might. We may or may not have tested whether or not you could tell when someone pulled down their pants looking through this frosted glass and the answer is you could tell. Mama Shay brought it to our attention, and she was so polite about it. <laughs> She's like, maybe you guys should put up a maybe curtain. you should put up a curtain. I what do you feel mean? Like it's frosted maybe glass. Can see you. And we were like, that's bullshit. And then did you go outside? You went outside. I think so. And I dropped the trousers, and you were like, yep. damn. <laughs> that's a lot of white ass I saw right there. Ah! <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, yep. That's how I pictured it. But I think you're right that the way he writes that boss battle just – it's not just a battle. Like, you're really seeing the epitome of the magician's world and, like, the full extent of what they could possibly be doing. And it just seems so chaotically pretty. <laughs> Well, 
Well, anyway, uh, where do you want to go from here? I guess you've picked the last two books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's my turn. Yeah. I, I have... think we were supposed to switch on and off, but I kind of like... Uh, you dominated. Yeah, I dominated that. So sorry. <laughs> it's your turn. No, that's okay. Barty was a fantastic book. I'm glad we did that one. Me too. So I'm thinking for our next book, uh, Delirium by Lauren Oliver. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a little synopsis. I think this is on the back of the book, but I'm online, so I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) In an alternate United States, love has been declared a dangerous disease, and the government forces everyone who reaches 18 to have a procedure called the cure. Living with her aunt, uncle, and cousin in Portland, Maine, Lena Holloway is very much looking forward to being cured and living a safe, predictable life. She wanted love. Whoop. She watched love destroy her mother and isn't about to make oh. the same mistake. But with 95 days left until her treatment, mm-hmm. Lena meets an em- enigmatic. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. Enigmatic. Enigmatic. Alex, a boy from the wilds who lives under a government radar. What will happen if they do the unthinkable and fall in love? Wow. I thought that was going to go in a different like direction. When you said... <laughs> The unthinkable. I just like my brain just went right to fucking sex immediately. Yeah. <laughs> what would happen if they hooked up in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But so yeah, I feel like that gives a pretty good synopsis. They feel that love and and um like mating for love is not good for society and doesn't mm-hmm. lead well. So they mm-hmm. like basically remove The amygdala, right? The amygdala is for love. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's for a bunch of other things too, but we can ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) For the, for the, for the concept of the book, they remove the amygdala. (laughs) Okay. And so everyone's just like a non-feeling robot. uh, Actually, yes, pretty much. Like it's, it's very lackluster. Like you don't really even feel like the mother's love and like the father's love in this, in this instance. So it like creates a very like, um, is it stagnant? A very... I'm not sure. Continue so that I can try and guess the word. (laughs) Sterile. There. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Sterile environment. Yeah. Um... So and then they just get paired up with somebody who I don't I don't remember if they take a test or if they take a DNA test to pair these people up to make sure that we're creating like an adequate society. Interesting. This is a really common theme. In these, like, young adult dystopian novels, like, Mm -hmm. a similar, a very similar theme is in The Giver and a very similar theme in Pretties. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which we're starting with Uglies. It's, I I don't know, I don't remember what the series is called, but the first one is Uglies. Mm -hmm. It's Uglies, Pretties, Specials. So, like, very, very similar theme in uglies and i think you'll probably really enjoy that one because that one is absolutely a young adult novel oh yeah this one is most definitely young adult like there's yeah gushy parts you're gonna have a great time (laughs) yeah um i don't foresee a love triangle because i think we've identified the like main romantic interest yeah the stereotypical love triangle of young adult novels (laughs) well right (laughs) there might be i don't rule it out there might be actually yeah i shouldn't rule it out maybe yeah, I don't know. Also, just uh, just a general thought here. 18 is way too old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really run some risks by letting it go a little, yeah. a little too long. 
Yeah. Like, you have crushes before that that you mm-hmm. think you're in love with. I think 18 is a little too old, and I'm surprised they don't have more of a problem with this, but that's fine. Yep. Wait till you read. Okay. I'll read. Um, But so this, the, it seems like it's very similar to, actually, no, I don't, I can't really describe a book that you have read. So it, mm-hmm. there's like a controlled society where they mm-hmm. get this test done, but you can escape to the outside world, the wilds. Yeah. So yeah, like there are people like really who common. do not get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they just live like normal people. Normal people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess I have to make some predictions then, right? Well, well, you get, you know, get the book, read the back of it, you know, okay. look at the cover, make some thoughts, give me your pre-reading okay. thoughts next episode, uh, and okay. um, we'll go from there. And then we'll read, uh, probably I would say the first nine to ten chapters. Okay. Let me see how many pages it is. I was about to ask you, how long is this book? <laughs> Come on, Goodreads. Oh, there's trivia questions on Goodreads. Oh. Hmm. hmm. What do you know? Oh, God. You know it's young adult when all the reviews on Goodreads have, like, little memes and little, like, pictures of everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, pretty much Pinterest on this Goodreads page. (laughs) All right. Let me back up. There we go. Um, Okay. So there are 368 pages. Oh, my God. That's, like, an afternoon. Yeah. This book is not long. And I am going to spoil you a little bit. I don't think this book can stand alone. Ah, so you you might feel a little discontentment. That's fine. Uglies is the same way, so I'll return it later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I would say probably at least a hundred pages or so. And okay, and then we'll um we'll see how it goes. If you like it or not. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't wait. I didn't to see, love like... it. I don't think I finished the series. I didn't love it. Okay, but it was definitely a very interesting concept that I that was intrigued by right i mean i really liked young adult novels when i was a young a young adult (laughs) yeah i'm kind of interested to see you know like how much how much easier it'll be to critique this shit as an adult Mm -hmm. whereas like when i would be reading as a, a young adult things like this i'd be like obviously one of these love triangles is better than the other like obviously one of these Mm. people is right for you i don't know why you're making this awful mistake right so i'm interested to see if that will be the same where i think there's an obvious choice (laughs) but uh we'll see we'll see how it feels to read a young adult novel as a yeah 28 year old person (laughs) oh god Ooh, you're turning 29 this year yep that is how aging works (laughs) (laughs) it's just weird to think isn't it? I keep thinking that I'm 30 and I'm not. No, and I, I said, to, like, I actually really told someone I was this. 30 the other day and I was like, wait a second, I got two more years. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I need to like hang on to these two years. Like a lot could happen and <laughs> I'm not 30 and I'm not dead. And <laughs> you know, the funny, the funny part about our tagline, like that little emerging adults concept. I don't know if we actually yeah. qualify for emerging adults anymore. <laughs> I think we're just full fledged oh, adults. No. We might be adults. I mean, Oh, we're probably adults. Well, so I think the concept of emerging adults is that period of time when you've completed school and Mm -hmm. you're still trying to find your career path. Like it's you're Mm -hmm. you're like in the internship, quote unquote, phase. So maybe you are. I don't think I actually qualify anymore. Can adulthood start over every time (laughs) you make a life change? Because if that's the case. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yep. Yep. Great. Let's do that. (laughs) 
Oh, shit. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's all for this episode. Yep. Uh, I can't remember what you're supposed to say. <laughs> I don't either. Um, yeah, I guess we don't have an outro. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Hang on. Remember, the best way to survive adulthood and a giant magician battle. Because <laughs> that happens every and, day. <laughs> it happens, I don't know what your life is like, but it's happening every day in my life. Oh, yes. With a book in one hand. And a beer in the other. All right. We'll see you in two weeks with the beginnings of Delirium by Lauren Oliver. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.